It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 37, the Nikel Roby Coleman edition of the podcast. Why did I pick him? Because his name is just too perfect for the position he played. Nikel, nickel, close enough. And he was a nickel cornerback for the Bills, Rams, and Eagles. Isn't it amazing when an athlete has a name that just fits wonderfully with the sport they're playing? Guys like Usain Bolt, a sprinter. Homer Bush, a baseball player, Dave Bunker, a golfer, Willie Thrower, a former quarterback, Margaret Court, a tennis player, Tim Duncan for the NBA. The possibilities are endless, and I'm sure I've missed some incredible ones. My favorite, oops, that name didn't quite work out, was the former NFL safety called Lawyer Malloy. I guess his parents weren't too thrilled he took up football over practicing law. My next guest today is a huge football fan, so I'll be sure to discuss with him the exciting Nikel Roby Coleman era with the Bills. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, and now welcome on Christopher Hine, a work colleague of mine at TSN. He's the producer of Digital SCA Quick Form Show on Instagram for SportsCenter discussing the biggest topics in sports. He's also a content creator for the wildly popular Bar Down website on TSN. He's a massive football fan like me. I thought with a season right around the corner, who better to discuss that and the upcoming fantasy football drafts. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Hein. So thank you for having me. I just got to say, though, like you've had Hedger, Burness, Duffy, Kara, and then me. Like, what's is this? Is this just like a slow time in terms of finding guests or what? Like, what what brought you to the point of having to have me on here? I thought uh, I was saving you because I knew obviously you're such a huge football fan like me. I thought perfect time to have you on the podcast is to discuss the upcoming season. So uh, that's uh, that's what it was. Uh, it wasn't because I ran out of people or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it like, I, I don't know about you, but I find <laughs> I am so not, not I'm not going to say like little prepared, but like this is the least prepared I've ever been for an NFL season, just based off of how COVID has sort of flipped the sports calendar. Sure. Like it's, it's normally like it's that dead time in July and August when like you start getting interested just because there's that, void of sports but now we don't have that and i find i'm nowhere near as prepared as i normally am 100 percent. like uh actually it's the only sport i care about the preseason because we haven't had football for, normally for so many months and i actually like the preseason because it's kind of cool to see the draft picks and the uh, you know the undrafted guys and see who can make the team yeah it's like it's like wait a minute football's already like a couple days away it just doesn't <laughs> it's not registering to me you know I'm the exact same man. Like it's, we're literally like this is. We're taping this on Thursday. The season's honestly a week away. It's like I'm, I'm, I've got to make sure I don't lose too many NBA bets just be, so I have a nice stack leading up to the start of the season in a week. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty great. Let's uh, hope actually football does go on. Uh, it seems like it will be. How mortified and crushed would you be uh, if there's no season? God, like. I'll but you said it best. I will be so very crushed. Like as a I'm already a little a little sour. Just I'm a Bill season ticket holder. And obviously this year with no fans, it's just it's gonna be really different. Like I've been I've had Bill season tickets since I was like six or seven years old, going to like six, seven, eight games a year. Uh, I would always skip the preseason. It's just it's going to be sad not being able to go to those games. But then if we lose the season on top of that, I'll, I will be very crushed. So my fingers are crossed that just like, just get through the season, please. I agree. Yeah. The, the, of all the sports for me, yeah, if, if the NFL, if the Seahawks weren't for me, if they weren't playing, that's just the one that I absolutely would just be, like I said, just mortified and crushed because uh, it's just, every game matters so much and it's so important. And it's so amazing. Now the, the league is as a whole is a bit of a joke in terms of the way that, you know, they run some of these things, but I just can't mm-hmm. get enough of the NFL, you know? 
it's honestly it's for me it's the the true football and gambling gluttony of sunday is just like my happy place is being buried on my couch for eight hours eating terrible things <laughs> and just watching games and making bets and chasing losses all day like <laughs> i i will take that over almost anything on a sunday that's and, uh, perfect yeah, if, we, if we don't get a season that's that's gonna be just it'll be very depressing uh, no doubt uh, i assume you watch red zone right uh, yeah, well, so here's what I'll normally do. I'll give you my normal setup when I'm so as I just mentioned for every Bill's home game, I'm I'm at Orchard Park, which means that's a 6 a.m. wake up call. That's a drive from Toronto to Grimsby to pick up the first group of people and then Grimsby to Buffalo to, or to Orchard Park for the game. And then it's barbecuing and watching live. But when it's a road game, I'm usually Bill's on main TV and I'll either have Red Zone on an iPad or Red Zone running to the PlayStation. And then every commercial, I'm just going to Red Zone uh, when, when Bill's are not there. Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's usually the Seahawks are uh, four o'clock games. So it's perfect. Red Zone, uh, you know, whatever, eight games at one o'clock leading right into the Seattle game. It is just the best. Yeah. Uh, anyone who doesn't watch Red Zone, what are you doing? You need to watch Red Zone. You see every single play, all the big plays, all the important stuff in every game. It's it's incredible. But think it's so. I've had so many times where you're chasing, you're chasing the games, and it's like instead of chasing, like goes to commercial. Quick, put the Cowboys game on. Quick, put the Packers game on. Quick, go to the Seahawks game. Red Zone will take me there. Red Zone will take me where I want to be. So why take the controller out of my hand? You make the hard decisions, Red Zone. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Uh, you obviously mentioned being a Bills fan, going to the games normally. Uh, how close have you been to be uh, you know one of those uh, clowns on Bills Mafia, almost dying? So I'll, I'll tell you a, a gross story of the, the first of all, through the tailgate, when I was younger, I used to tailgate in the, we'd be like deep into the lots that are really close to the stadium. And like, we'd be, I don't know when you're in your twenties and it's like the Lossman era. I, I'm there mm. for the Crown Royal, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not really there for a Bills game. <laughs> That's so, so funny you say that because in my intro, I forgot to name JP Lossman. My intro was about, uh, Episode 37, the uh, Nickel Roby uh, Coleman edition. It's just funny. <laughs> I said when players have positions that are their same name, and you, oh, you, yes, you literally yes. draft Nickelback, a, and Nickelback. I love it. <laughs> and you draft There's another a, guy. D liner. D liner is another guy who was a defensive oh, lineman. So. That's that's amazing. And you draft a QB named JP Lossman. Oh yes. no, Buffalo. Sorry, keep going though. So so that's the thing. So on a like deep within there, when I was in my twenties, I would like. I was there for the party more so, and I would be deep within that Bills Mafia. I've I've seen the mustard and ketchup uh, bath by I forget that guy's name Pinto Ron. I've seen the Pinto Ron mustard and ketchup bath, but the but the worst thing. This was a home opener maybe six years ago. Uh, my sister, uh, me, my sister, my dad, and then my sister's boyfriend, and he got puked on Ugh. from behind by a fan behind him, and Ugh. it's. So- Luckily, the, the Bills people were great. Like, he had a brand new sweater on and, like, new stuff. The Bills gave him all brand new gear and, like, an extra voucher, which was great of them. But, like, yeah, puked on in the Bills game. And I was – luckily, I was a couple seats back, so I didn't even get a little splatter on. But that's the most disgusting Bills Mafia thing I've seen in a game. Oh, man. Yeah, like, uh, it, it is funny, and I love the passion of, of the Buffalo Bills fans. No question about it. Uh, you know, pretty much, I would say, you got to be uh, up there with one of the best uh, fan bases in the NFL – I just hate when these crazy videos of guys going through, you know, things and like, snapping their necks. I hate that, that that's like publicized because it's like someone's going to die doing this and I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, man. Like they, you keep putting all those videos of table jumps and all that stuff and the people are just going to keep doing it because they want to they want to chase that that Instagram clout. You know what I mean? <laughs> they want to they want to be on Barstool or these sites and, and, and do that stuff. So it's you know what? Like I'm all for like a good like 
funnel and fun stuff like that but when you're when you're jumping through tables off of like 10 feet that's it's not for me i'll watch it but it's not for me <laughs> yeah no that i'm glad that isn't because I, I i prefer if you lived so uh yeah yes, yeah thank you <laughs> so I, I mentioned nickel uh, roby coleman uh, also another uh, great buffalo bill also seahawk a uh, lawyer malloy do you think is how disappointed do you think uh their his his parents were when he decided not to practice law <laughs> so yeah you're, i'm saying if lawyer malloy you're saying lawyer malloy's parents they named him lawyer in hopes of him to become a lawyer absolutely 100 percent. 100 percent. so I'm, like i've never I, heard of a lawyer otherwise like anyone named lawyer but now we can transition this to like if we're going to play a little game of like nfl players who connote law ben jarvis green ellis the law firm there's another <laughs> one right there who, that's true He's the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah so how long did he last? Like four years in the NFL, something like that? Three, four years? It's crazy how quickly to, in the NFL, like your just career is just over. Just boom, done. The league is not for everybody, and it's a very – I think like that's the that's the kind of the moral conundrum we have with watching football. Like it's really violent. It's really dangerous. And all these guys are doing this for our entertainment. So like as we kind of get more aware, there's sort of like that little – that that – rough spot patch with football where it's like this is a really dangerous game but i love it so it's like i don't know it's it's a tough moral dilemma of like it's not going to stop me from watching the football but it's definitely something that i think about more so as we get more aware with all how dangerous the game is no question and i never understood in the nfl how like the, you know the, the guaranteed contracts obviously they have some players have some guarantees in those contracts but like of all the sports, were there one where you would literally, on any given play, may suffer a career-ending injury? I don't understand how the NFLPA doesn't have actual guaranteed contracts. It blows my mind. I think you just said it right there on the NFLPA. If you're looking at strengths, the strengths of unions in sports, like that would never fly in baseball. The baseball oh. union is too powerful, almost to the point that the baseball union can kind of get whatever they want, whereas the football union doesn't have that same strength. But I think the football union loses their strength because they don't have that same lockout or strike power. Sorry, not lockout power. That'd be the only They don't have that same strike power because their careers are so short. So it's like, if you strike for a year, you're missing a year of income. If you only have a five-year career, that's one-fifth of your career earnings. Yeah, so true. it almost it almost neuters the union because of the short shelf life of players. Mm, that's, that's a very good point. Uh, let's shift to, uh, I mentioned off the top here, uh, fantasy football. Uh, do you have any, uh, I'm sure you've done a million leagues uh, like I. I love the draft. The draft is by far the best part of it, not even close. Uh, do you have any uh, favorite draft day stories uh, at all? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Let me let me think like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think you might have actually been in this league when this happened. Um, I think it was Jimmy Fairbrother. I might be getting it wrong, but it might have been Jimmy Fairbrother's league a long time ago. It was a before like one of the first online drafts. I know I've been playing fantasy football for forever. I hope this, this is the same story. The, I truly hope this is the same story that I, so, I brought this up just so I could say this story. I hope it's the same. Perfect. Thing. So was this the, the Adrian Peterson story? <laughs> the wrong Adrian Peterson? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly so, why I brought this question up. Yeah. So I don't, were you the person yep. who nominated Adrian Peterson? Yep. <laughs> so, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll brief, I'll retell this story. You were a part of my moment. This is, this is great. That it's oh, comfortable. That's hilarious. Like 
but the 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 lovable uh, the lovable troublemaker that you are, Hound Dog, <laughs> you nominated. So for younger people who are listening right now, there was two Adrian Petersons. There was obviously the great running back Adrian Peterson of Vikings fame, and the other one I think played for the Bears and was like a third down back and just a scrub. Yeah. And you nominated Adrian Peterson in an auction draft, and I'm pretty sure there was like a bit of a bidding war, and everybody kind of jumped on it, <laughs> and then they realized that it was the wrong Adrian Peterson. That's so funny. I literally just asked that question just so I could bring up my story. I swear to God, this wasn't planned. I didn't even know that you were going to bring this up. Yeah, because I had the first overall pick, and obviously everyone wanted Adrian Peterson, the real one. Yeah. So I thought, oh, let's throw him out there. And I think it got bid up, bid up to like, because it's an auction draft. You only, you only have 200 fake dollars. I think it was like 65 bucks someone spent on the, on the fake Adrian Peterson. Which is, which is just perfect. And that's happened a few other times. There's been a couple <laughs> more times in other sports where people have the same name, and I'm always cognizant of, okay, if the wrong guy goes up here, I want to see somebody get burned. Oh, man. It was I, I was... Literally, it's one of the proudest moments, uh, maybe of my lifetime. I could even say that uh, that I pulled that one off. And some people were mad, but I was like, I'm "Sorry, man, I actually wanted so the, the thing." Though <laughs> oh, the the reason why that's such a good prank to pull is that say you're in a 14 team league, one guy's mad, 13 people are happy. <laughs> so, like, that's a good point. You've got you've got the you've got the mob on your side. Uh, <laughs> there was I was just in a draft. My first draft was actually this past Sunday. Um, and not quite to the level of your Adrian Peterson troll, but one guy's kind of about to pick, and it's an in-person draft, and he says, okay, oh, Damian Williams is still on the board? Is he? He's not hurt, is he? And then everyone just goes quiet, and that should be a sign. When you <laughs> mm-hmm. hear the entire draft room go quiet, you're about to do something stupid. That's why they're not saying anything. So we're like, no, he's not hurt. And then this guy took Damian Williams, who obviously is sitting out the season. Uh, he opted out due to COVID. <laughs> Oh man, I hope he spent a lot of money uh, to get that player because uh, it was it was a it was a snake draft. So he he just burned a like a fifth or sixth round pick, but still nice to see someone waste a pick. Absolutely, hundred percent. Do you like? Uh, I've been in a I'm in way too many leagues, and I'm in like five this year. It's entirely too much. I'll be cheering for guys in one league and cheering against them in the other. It's gonna be crazy. But um, do you like the playout payout structure? I actually love this in my one league. There's like more of an emphasis for first placed regular season as opposed to playoffs. Because it's so much harder for 13 weeks to be the best team as opposed to just for a three-week stretch. Uh, I love that. Do you do you like that at all or no? So, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm the type of player who builds towards trying to have a team ready for playoffs. So, I'll not, I'm not going to tank a regular season, but I don't mind drafting players that I might have to wait on. So, yeah, I f- fully agree with you that it's much harder to win the regular season. But, I, I like, I'm, you're, you're in the league that I'm the commissioner of. I think we go... It's it's fourteen teams, a hundred bucks each, so fourteen hundred dollar prize pot, and I think we go eight four two. I think if that's if that's correct, and it's eight hundred to win the whole thing, four hundred for regular season. So I think it should be maybe half of what the total yeah. prize pool would. But I agree I'm with you. With that. It's it's much harder to win the regular season. But I'm going to take this a step further. Shouldn't the person who has the most points technically have the best team though, and should they be rewarded because you could go? you know six and seven have the most points and a guy goes 10 and three has far less than you and just got that schedule luck yeah no i've uh, talked to somebody somebody's about that as well actually i I would tend to agree yeah because you have the most points that clearly you have the the best team because that does it just does suck when you know three of your weeks you had an unbelievable 140 points or whatever and you lose Mm -hmm. by two points because someone else had like their only good week of the season so yeah, I, I, I'm actually fine uh, fine with that too. Just I think there honestly should be, just because we were so used to the in regular sports, not fantasy, we're so used to obviously the playoffs being most important versus regular season. We're, people are just so used to that, but I think we should like, I like the fact that there's at least 400 in our league for, uh, you know, first place regular season for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So now it's funny you mentioned you're in five leagues. I'm also I also have a problem, and that I'm all, I'm currently in four leagues right now, but I think I might be joining a fifth. So here's my here's my take on that. I think if you're in two to three leagues, it starts to kind of get confusing because it's like, oh, I'm cheering for this guy in this league, but against this guy in this league. Mm-hmm. Once you hit four and five, then it's just it's just a free for all. I'm just cheering for everything. It's like <laughs> every I game. don't care who I'm up against. <laughs> I'm just cheering for all the points because I got a guy somewhere. That's so true. I'm really it's it's excess fantasy, and then I'll straighten out the wins and losses like halftime of the Sunday nighter. But like up until that point, I'm just cheering for everything because I have so many teams. Uh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, pretty much literally pretty well. Every single game actually does matter because do you find you sometimes will uh, put a guy in your lineup uh, just because he's playing like a, a, a primetime game just because it'd be more fun. I do that all the time where it's like, Hey, this could come down to it. I'm going to want that guy going on Sunday or Monday night. It means absolutely nothing. And it's probably a stupid strategy, mm-hmm. but if I'm going to be watching those primetime games, I want that. And then another factor, too, into going into our previous fantasy point, with betting, too, there's just so much. I usually will prioritize bets. Sorry, Bill's first priority. Bill's winning is the most important thing. Second is hitting my bets. Third is fantasy football. Fourth is is doing well in my pools. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of housekeeping on Sunday <laughs> night just to straighten everything out and see where everything landed. <laughs> Do you have any uh, sleepers you're looking at for the NFL drafts? Uh, honestly, man, like it, this year's, this year's kind of weird. It seems like, it seems like it's really, really deep, at, especially at receiver. So if I'm picking, like I'm, I'm picking pick six, uh, today in a draft and early in the process I, of mock drafts, I was doing I'd be like, okay, if I can get like a Michael Thomas here, that's great. But, um, the chiefs running back Clyde Edwards, Hilar, who I know everybody is saying is a monster sleeper. I'm now leaning more towards that and trying to get a really good running back in that first round because, if I can get like your boy Tyler Lockett late, I think that guy's that guy's a beast. Why wouldn't I want him? Um, who's that other the Dolphins receiver whose name I can't think of? Devontae, not Devontae Devontae. Parker. Not Devontae Parker. The other guy uh, is it Preston Williams? Maybe. Yep. There's there's just a lot of like really late round dudes who I really like at receiver. So I don't want to go receiver early because of that. Uh, I feel every year as the NFL goes on, there's less and less players that you pick. That you're like, oh yeah, I'm very confident in that. Like I did a, a mock draft okay. last night, and it was like by the second round, I'm already thinking, am I okay with this guy? Like by round two, I'm already thinking that. Like it, it, it's such a a free for all, like you said. And I basically just asked that question to see if I can uh, glean some information out of you. Uh, exactly. That's why. I, I, that's you'll notice that I didn't really give up too much <laughs> you didn't. because I don't want you to steal anything. And I also I strategically threw out Lockett because you're as a Seahawks fan. You clearly probably know how good Lockett is anyways and want him as well. <laughs> uh, it's funny you say it because I actually try to steer clear of players on my team, uh, generally speaking, uh, just because I, I view them differently, either too good or, 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 or I don't value them enough because I see them all the time. I kind of find it because like, say, for example, DK Metcalf had three touchdowns in the game. Of course, I'd be happy as a, as a reality yes. Seahawks fan, but then I'd be, there's still part of me that's like, ah, it kind of sucks. It wasn't Lockett. I don't want that as a real fan. I don't want to ha- ever have a tempered, my, uh, curb my enthusiasm or something like that. You know, it's just, uh, so I try to avoid Seahawks, Seahawks players. And beca- uh, having said that, I'm going to draft all Seahawks so, players. Uh, so it's funny. I, it seems like you're, you're emotionally hedging your feelings. Whereas I want to double down on that. If a Bills <laughs> player, does, if the Bills score and do well, and I have them on my fantasy, I would rather that double level of happiness as opposed to, Oh, Singletary got the touchdown, but I wanted John Brown to get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would rather just hey have 
have John. And also, I think the Bills offense is going to be legit good this year. So that's why I'm kind of targeting a lot of Bills. If you're looking at a wide receiving core that is built perfectly in terms of everybody has their defined role, Stephon Diggs is arguably what the best the best deep ball receiver in the NFL, maybe. Cole Beasley, one of the best slot receivers. And John Brown can kind of do it all. Like, I, John Brown had a thousand yard season last year. Everybody wants to rave about how good Stephon Gilmore is, former Bill. Yes, he's probably the best corner in the league, maybe second best after Tredavious White. John Brown burned him last year. That guy's a great route runner. And now he's your number two with Diggs taking the primary coverage. I'm very bullish on the Bills receivers. And it's just kind of all on Josh Allen if you can kind of make that leap. It's funny you bring up the Bills there because that was my next question. I was going to say, I'll give you a couple minutes to discuss how awesome the Bills will be because I know you love them and you just uh, took the words out of my mouth. So, but th- th- honestly, every year, man, I'm people always kind of will chirp me and be like, oh, you say the Bills every year the schedule comes out, you got the Bills going 13 and 3. I'm a very cautiously optimistic Bills fan because I've been hurt so many times in the past. But this team is different as, and they're, they're just one, the defense. I know these stats because I put them in Digital Sports Center today. They were second in the NFL in points allowed per game, third in the NFL, I believe, in yards allowed per game, and fourth in pass yards per game. So you have already a legit defense that you only lost Star Latulu, who he's he's a defensive tackle who's dropping out for he opted out because of COVID. So he's the only major loss. But Ed Oliver plays defensive tackle, and really the second half of last season got so much better. So he can kind of fill that void with Stargon, it's honestly all on Josh Allen. Like, you have now put Josh Allen in the perfect position to succeed. You added Zach Moss at running back, perfect complement to Devin Singletary. And you're, as I just mentioned before, that receiving core, you are loaded. So if it doesn't happen this year, then at least you know with Josh Allen. You can go into next season being like, hey, we gave you every opportunity. It didn't work. Now we have to move on. Or, hey, we gave you all these guys, you made it work, now we pay you. Because that's the big thing with, with winning in the NFL. If you're paying your quarterback, like that's a huge chunk. The, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl because they had Patrick Mahomes on a rookie contract. Your Seahawks won their Super Bowl when Russell Wilson was on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. Once you start paying these guys, it really hurts the rest of your roster. Oh, no, no question about, about it. My buddy Spiros always talks about that. He's a Cowboy fan and... Uh... You know, but about pay, uh, paying Dak Prescott, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to get rid of him, basically. And no question, it does suck to have to pay you know QB tons of money for that. But at the same time, especially in the, obviously the case of Patrick Mahomes, you just got to bite the bullet on that. Yeah, no, yeah, dude. As someone, Patrick Mahomes was drafted in the Bills pick. They actually traded that pick away um, and later drafted Tre'Davious White, so it worked out. As I am a lover of Mahomes, I was at the Super Bowl last year. Oh, wow. I have a Mahomes jersey. Like I have, I bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. I have Chiefs bets to win the Super Bowl this season. That guy, I'm, I will say it right now. He is on the trajectory already to say that he's going to be the best quarterback of all time. Like MVP and Super Bowl within his first two years as a starter. Like, come on, no, no one's, no one, no one can match that. That's uh, it's uh, pretty wild. And uh, Andrew Reid's obviously so good with quarterbacks, and I, I could see a scenario where he's going to obviously want to be there for 10, 15 more years. Why wouldn't you want to be? Yeah. It's the, it's the perfect pairing of coach and quarterback, like 100%. And you look at just that that offense this year is going to be so much fun. Hardman last year was great, but like, I wouldn't, sorry, you say great. He was good, but now he can really evolve. Sammy Watkins as your number two receiver who they barely even use yet. Like you can have that guy making a clutch catch in the Super Bowl, probably the second biggest catch other than the, the Kyrie Kill catch on that third and long. But 
they're loaded, man. They're so much fun. Even as a Bills fan, like I, I'm always flipping to Kansas City, even when the Bills are playing, just because they're so fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. Uh, did it crush you, by the way? Uh, years ago, Seattle and the Bills made a trade. Marshawn Lynch went to Seattle on you beast mode. He's incredible. Did it crush you uh, seeing uh, him do, doing so well in Seattle, knowing you had him in Buffalo? It, it didn't crush me because I was more mad at Bill's management. Bill's management at that time, I remember going into that offseason, Lynch was kind of complaining. You already had Fred Jackson. And then they drafted C.J. Spiller, who at the time, yeah, C.J. Spiller is a fun toy. I liked him. But the way the league was going, why are you drafting three running backs? So it was like, in, in my mind, I'm like, Lynch is good. He wants out. This team's going nowhere. Just give this guy what he wants. And it was nice to see him do the things he did. Like that Beastquake run is one of the one of my favorite highlights in sports. One of his, the Marshawn Lynch interview he did where he's talking about over and over and over and over and over and over again is one of my favorite sound bites. That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and over and over and over and over and over over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucking face. Then you don't have to worry about them no more. He's just the best. And you know what's always funny is, uh, obviously we both work in media, we want athletes to say sound bites that, that are good and entertaining, but the second they give it to us, we get often very, very upset about it. And like the, when he said, I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I know people who don't even know sports or barely care about sports at all who know that quote from Lynch. So it's like sports writers were complaining that he wasn't saying anything when he was saying that. He literally gave you something that's perfect that will be remembered forever. Like it's he's actually doing what you want him to do, which is give you a memorable quote. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. I'm here, so I won't get fined. Dude, I have given that exact rant you just said verbatim. I have said the same, like the exact same thing. He exactly. He's giving you what you want. He's making your job easier. Here's your story. He just gave it to you. Same thing with Belichick. When Belichick is short and reporters get all pissed off, this is what they want. They don't. The reporters. The sorry, not the reporters. The people consuming this don't want to hear about like. I don't know, like nickel coverage on like a third and long. They want the, we're moving up. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. That's what the fans want. <laughs> so sports writers complaining is just like, get off your high horse. Just let these people have personalities and embrace them for that. Well, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Yeah. And I don't blame hockey players and notorious, of course, for being very, very, very boring because the second they say anything, I remember in the cup final, P.K. Subban uh, joking about mouthwash with uh, Sidney Crosby a couple years ago. Yes. And it was like, you'd think he would have like, you know, committed a, a massive, massive sin. It's like, he's talking about mouthwash. Relax. Yes. Chill out. But, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll take, go the other side of that. P.K. has personality, and love I him. love P.K. Subban for that. P.K. Subban's one, like, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I love P.K. Subban because love one, well, yeah. I used to, I'm a, I'm a Habs fan, even though I don't watch much that puck that often anymore, but I love Subban. He's a great player and he has personality and you actually get to see that personality that so few other hockey players let out. Like yeah. we kind of know, dude, those, those videos he does with Lindsey Vaughn where he's jumping in the pool and stuff. Those are hilarious. Like I want more hockey players doing that stuff. Uh, absolutely. And, and I, like I said, I don't blame him for not saying much because we always rip them for the second they say anything remotely entertaining we jump on them which i which i absolutely hate i, I can't stand that drives me it drives yeah. me insane of course you brought up earlier about you, you love uh to dabble in some gambling as do i uh what, what's your 
your worst and your best gambling stories uh either oh my god okay so and this is this goes back to like rounders i think it does mike mcd say like you you always remember the hands that i'm, I'm butchering this line so apologies but <laughs> the point of it is you remember the hands that you lose crushingly more so than the ones mm-hmm, you win mm-hmm. and my i have two i have two really terrible beats that i'll tell i'll try to tell these stories as quick as possible first one this was years ago probably like 2012 or 2013 it was a bills cowboys game and the bills were terrible i was it was my sister's wedding i was in whistler i actually drove down to vancouver to the only bar where i could get sunday ticket uh the day after the wedding and i bet tony romo's yards over it was like 270 and a half or something like that tony romo the bills are getting crushed by the way romo goes over on his yards so he's at like 274 and it's like late in the third quarter then they decide to throw a screen pass loss of five so now a yard below his total the cowboys then proceed to go 85 yards down the field on like 10 running plays don't throw the ball once go the whole way score a touchdown romo doesn't throw another pass that game lose the bet so like (laughs) one I, i already won the bet then you take it away from me, and then you're crushing my soul as the Bills are just getting chewed Torched. up on the ground on the entire drive and nothing they could do, and I lost the bet. Oh, that, that, oh that's brutal. The, so, and sorry, I'm, I'm hijacking your pod here. With, no, 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 I love it. I love it. I have, I have one, more, one more good one. Great. This was the, the 2012 Euro, um, and I was working the tournament for TSN. So I'm, I don't, you've worked on those, like, those, those broadcasts. They're a pretty big deal. You're busy all the time you're usually working a month straight this was a spain ireland game and i had bet over 10 corners now this is gonna just obviously like i'm a big degenerate if i'm betting corner kicks in a match like that but (laughs) usually a really really good team against a really really bad team you're gonna get more corners because they're gonna be pressing so over 10 corners it's the first half spain wins a corner after they're up 3-0 it would have been the seventh corner taken but the referee blows the whistle for halftime almost always they let them take that corner kick they did not at this time. So it's like, okay, whatever. This will still hit in the second half. Game finished with exactly 10 corner kicks. And it's a three-way bet. There's no push, so I lost. Whereas <laughs> if they just take that kick, it's a winning bet. How much would you would you have won? I, I don't really need to say that. I like to bet. It's just, yeah. it, was a, it was a healthy wager. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, the one I, I said this uh, a number of podcasts ago, that it was week 17 last year. Uh, it was uh, Seahawks going into the game. There's a couple of uh, receivers who were injured, and John Arsua was a seventh round rookie, hadn't caught a pass his entire career uh, in, in his rookie <laughs> season. And, but going into the game, he was 33 to one to get a touchdown at any point in the game. 33. Wow, to one. that's so, that's great. You got it. You got to jump on that. Exactly right. And, and so I think I, th- I want to say he went into that game maybe as the fourth receiver, maybe even third for Seattle. So it was it was definitely possible, and he didn't catch a pass the entire game. Uh, as usual, Seattle was down a lot at halftime. It's like, I understand how they're always way behind. Uh, and late in the game, they had the crazy drive to almost beat the Niners to win the division. But before the play, before uh, Hollister like was like it made a half yard short of the on the final play to win the game. So, so Seattle lost. The play before that, John Ursua catches the ball on like the half yard line. <laughs> oh. Plus, like I bet on the comeback for Seattle, so it would have been almost. I think it was like nine hundred and eighty bucks or something like that. I would have won. Wow! On like it was, it wasn't even a crazy bet. It was maybe like twenty total or fifteen total, but because it was thirty-three to one odds, and so not only did the Seattle not win the division, not only did I not win the bet for them to come back in the game, but John Arsu was a half yard, his only catch of his rookie season. <laughs> that's amazing. And I was like, oh man, that that's a bad so- beat. Oh yeah, that's uh, that. That was so uh, definitely uh, hurt, but. 
Yeah, no See, but question. Now, don't you think, though, doesn't that, the, the pain of that is something you'll probably never forget? Whereas, like, a big hit that comes randomly, I don't remember those at all. I just remember the pain. Yeah, no question. There, I, I've also just said this story years ago, uh, a couple years ago, because I write for sportsbettingdime.com. Uh, they asked uh, people, hey, can you, uh, anyone want to do this uh, story on Miss Universe? Uh, have I told you this one before? <laughs> oh, is this, is this the Miss Philippines story? Yeah, so... Yes, uh, this I'm is like, a great story. Uh, I've never uh, watched Miss Universe, but I'll try. Like this, uh, it was like maybe my second month into the company, so I'm like, okay, I'll do, I'll do my best. Like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll try. And so basically, when I was writing this article, I'm just trying to get uh, articles at site that uh, okay, you know, this uh, this woman has a chance to win. Like I'm just trying to find links on the internet that prove my point to, to pick this person. And there was a link that said uh, Miss Philippines was like the favorite or the second favorite to win the whole thing. But Bodog, who had betting lines on this, put her out as a, as a sixty-six to one long shot to win the whole thing. So I how told, does that even happen? How, like, how, that, how, how is there such a discrepancy? I never understand that. I'm not sure. Like, it, may, it was a bit, maybe two months before the actual event, so maybe they just sort of <laughs> threw all the odds out there, and maybe it was from the previous year. I, I have no real uh, clue, actually. And so I told everyone to write uh, to to bet on her. She went she eventually went down to fifty to one, and that's when I said I need to open up a Bodog account. Like, there's no other <laughs> uh, betting odds for th- this event anywhere, so I'm going to do that. Put thirty bucks on her to win. Eventually, she went down to like the favorite to win at like five to one. But I got her at fifty to one. She wins. I win fifteen hundred dollars. It was the greatest thing. Like I never would have yeah, made that all- money otherwise. I don't know anything about Miss Universe, but only because I, I wrote about it. Uh, that's when I knew to bet on her. I feel like you you were really good at hitting those uh, like really long shot golf things. I feel like back in the day, every golf tournament you'd have like five ten bucks on three to five different guys that all sort of pay around that 50 to a hundred to one range. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you, you hit those at a pretty decent clip considering what the odds are and the probability of it. That, yeah. That is. I would say like, I don't want them obviously much cause they are long shots. Like even last weekend I, I bet on Joaquin Neiman, uh, 150 to one going into the weekend. He was four shots back and with five holes to play, he was winning. I was like, Oh my God, he's going to win. But unfortunately didn't, so, uh, didn't end up but picking even that, even if th- those things, though, they put you in good cash out opportunities, right? Like you could bet a guy, and he could he could be clubhouse leader after after three days, and then it might be like, hey, they're offering me half of this. It might be time to just cash that out, or maybe make another hedge bet, cash out, and kind of middle it. Yeah, that's that's why Bet Three Six Five, in my estimation, by far by far the best website because they do offer cash outs, and it's an app. Oh yeah, it blows my mind that a lot of these betting sites don't have apps. That's just crazy to me in twenty twenty. But here's the thing with with the cash outs and why bet I also use bet three six five why they're smart they must have done the research and found that if we give these degenerates their winnings early they're just gonna be itching so bad and put it right back in and we're gonna get it right back from them mm-hmm. like so that's why with with the cash outs I'm very weary of doing a cash out and I'll like to just kind of let it ride because it's it's capitalism right they wouldn't be they wouldn't be just giving me this money if it didn't benefit them. Absolutely. And uh, they're very smart about that, uh, especially in golf, because anything can happen. You know, one bad shot, all yeah. of a sudden the whole tournament changes. Uh, you know, the, the script is flipped. And uh, yeah, sometimes, like uh, same thing that we were talking about, it's, it's more crushing to not have cashed out and yeah. to, to lose that money on a guy than instead of just cashing out and you could have made more. It's almost like, just, just give me the cash out. I'd, I'd, I'd rather that. You know, I did that with Jim Herman a couple weeks ago. He was 50 to 1 going into the final round. The guy either wins or he misses cuts. There's no in between. He's won three yeah. times. He's only had three chances really to win in his whole career, and he's won all three times. So he's the perfect golfer to bet on because it's either you win or you miss cut. You don't want a guy yeah. who's like Tony Finau who's consistent but never wins because his odds are always going to be terrible. So I'd love the Jim Herman. I cashed it on that one for sure. That's great. That's great logic. And I will probably move forward making these bets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm uh, also, let's get into a little bit about. Um, 
mentioned a digital SC that you produce. Uh, tell us about that and uh, how long has that been going on for now? About a year and a half? So, yeah, we started, no, we're going close to two years now. Two years. We started after the Grey Cup two years ago. So it would have been November of 2018. Um, honestly, man, I love it. It is so much fun. Um, we get to be much more different than all the other TV sports centers. Um, Marissa is an unbelievably talented host. Like working with her every day is amazing. And like you mentioned bar down off the top, I'm, I'm blessed to have like a bar down writer um, pretty much every day working with me too, whether it's Corwin DZ or Luca. And those guys are so smart, so creative with their writing. So like just <laughs> it's, it's honestly, man, I love how, like good of a team we have and even the graphics guys too like eric kirk connor like risky like we the whole team is amazing and getting to work with them is what makes working on that show so good is just that we have a wicked team and the content is i don't know man i the content's just so fun because it's so different like being on the being on instagram versus being on tv you can kind of change the style of what you want to do so like it was a bit of a learning process at the beginning but we're i don't know we we were the only sports center going during the pandemic when there was no sports we were still doing shows and we were finding a way to get creative and that was just a ton of fun and the content showed that absolutely and uh, how much uh, baseball does marissa try to push into the show because i know i used to work with her on the row way back in the day when we uh were uh, you know we're uh, story uh, story editors and she, i know she loves her baseball yeah she, she's um she definitely gets she gives me snit for not putting as much baseball in as we probably should but like for this time of year and i tell her this time of year it's very tough because hey normally we would put do more baseball but there's hockey playoffs and there's basketball playoffs going on so there's not much time but yeah that's uh that's definitely her strong suit for a sport she's got some fiery baseball takes like just ask her about her thoughts on rob manfred and you'll uh you're in for a laugh but yeah she's definitely pushing the baseball agenda and yeah that goes way back to when she was an intern with us what 10 years ago probably right something about that yeah uh i'm assuming she also probably doesn't like 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 a lot of jays fans she doesn't like uh, ross atkins and uh, mark shapiro so does she have some uh, hot takes speak, there? I don't want to. I don't want to speak specifically to her opinions on that. I, I, I honestly, at the moment, I just can't. I know we've talked about it, but I can't recall. Um, but what are the Jays? What have they? They've won like eleven of their last sixteen or something. The Jays are kind of coming around. Like it's not all bad in Jays land. I actually, I, I, to be honest with you, uh, I've liked what they've done. I think if they just would have had the messaging better when they first took over, it was tough because they took over for Anthopolis thinking. That uh, at the time, the uh, Anthopolis, whatever it was, for four or five years in Toronto, had done nothing. So they brought these two guys in to replace him. That's when Anthopolis said, I might as well go for it. They got really good. So then it was like, oh, crap, we're in, this in, in between of like, are we going for it or are we not? I think if they just would have been honest with the fans and said, look, we have to rebuild. We're old. It would, it would have been fine. Yeah. But because they were still trying to sell tickets and stuff, it was like, yeah, we're kind of going for it. We're kind of not. I think it really uh, turned some people off for a couple of years. But yeah, they built a pretty uh, They're fun to watch the Jays. I think I think you nailed it. The, the messaging from them was very in between, and you had players pissed off. You had Bautista pissed off. You had Donaldson pissed off, and that's the thing. If you kind of go out and pay those guys and make a statement like, "Hey, no, we're going to make this push for it," and you pay those guys, then two years later, everyone's like, "Hey, this team was too old. Why did you give all the, these guys all that money instead of pushing into a youth movement?" The fans are never going to be happy. That's the thing. So, like. Yeah, if, if they were more honest and said, hey, we need to rebuild, maybe people would have been a little more forgiving. But people love that Jays team. That was like the first good Jays team since like since we were kids when they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So people had a weird attachment to – that was 2015, right? 
2015, yeah, and then 2016. Yeah, people yep. just had a different different attachment to that 2015 team, and like the seventh inning alone of that Texas game was just one of the most magical. And I'm not a baseball guy at all, but that was a magical inning of baseball that lasted like an hour and 20 minutes. It feels like. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I can't believe. I know a few people who actually left the game after that seventh <laughs> inning. What, what do you? What do you? What? What? Oh my god! I, I've, I'm still obviously no, not over that. That inning was incredible with Bautista and the bat flip and everything. Uh, yeah. How the hell would you leave the game with two innings to play? Oh my god! Got to beat the traffic. Got to beat the traffic. <laughs> it's, it's such a dumb. Uh, I, hate, I hate that so much. And I was talking about on my last podcast. Uh, the I hate the wave so much. Do you like the wave? Oh, or do you hate dude. the wave. Same. No, I am the most anti-wave person ever. Whenever, <laughs> either at Days games or at at Bill games, whenever you got some clown standing up doing a countdown, it's like, buddy, we're trying to watch the game. Just watch the game. The only time I'm okay with the wave is in soccer. I feel like in soccer, it's really cool when a whole stadium gets going. And I, this is, that's not a dig on soccer at all. I love soccer. I think soccer is more exciting than baseball. Soccer is probably my third favorite sport after football and basketball. I love it in soccer. That's it. Any other sport, I'm I'm against it. Oh, yeah, I just uh, I, I absolutely I cannot stand it. It just drives me insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned yeah, bar down. Uh, do you have any uh, uh, your proudest uh, thing you video or any content you've produced uh, that you're most proud of for that? So I, I started producing a series of videos like over the last basically once kind of um, we were locked down. Um, we were doing a lot of Zoom calls. And our boss, uh, well, like, sorry, not your boss, my boss, Dave Crix, who kind of he's he runs bar down. He kind of had the idea of like, hey, we're on all these Zoom calls. Let's kind of create something that kind of captures what it's like being on a Zoom call. So I started a show called Share Your Screen, which we've done two episodes already. And the third one is coming out probably this week or next week, I hope. This is Share Your Screen. Joining us today is producer of Digital Sports Center and almost winner of a basketball quiz, Christopher Hine. What's going on, buddy? I was robbed in that quiz, but that's that's a whole other story. Of uh, these worth four? <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> Come on! Um, I really enjoy that. It's something completely new for me, doing making content for YouTube versus what I was doing before, TV, and then now Instagram. YouTube's a very completely different beast, so it's like, been a bit of a learning process and that's why i'm just glad guys like dz corwin jesse pollock they're there to kind of help guide me because those guys are like i don't know if you've watched the quizzes the quizzes are unbelievable the Mm -hmm. content those guys make is insanely good and they have sort of figured out youtube to like they've they've perfected the art of making a youtube video so all i'm trying to do is just do a good enough job that it comes close to the standard in which they've set um, and hopefully I get there as I get more reps on stuff, but yeah, man, like, uh, I, if you, if for anyone listening, if you haven't seen the bar down content, just watch some quizzes. They're addicting. Once you watch one, you'll just want to keep watching them. And I've had the pleasure of being in a couple of basketball quizzes. Of these worth four? <laughs> get out of here. Come on. I don't, I haven't done a ton of on camera stuff, but they are so much fun to do. And DZ, uh, is just a master at cutting them. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, before I let you go, uh, where can uh, the folks uh, see you on uh, the social medias? Oh, so you can follow me on Instagram at It's Hind Time. Also on Twitter, same same handle. I'm one of the lucky ones who's got the same handle on, <laughs> on everything. Oh, also uh, at It's Hind Time. 
Well, thank you, Chris, for being on the podcast. It was uh, tons of fun, and um, hopefully, I snooker you in the draft uh, that we're, we're yeah. going to be doing. Yeah, no, dude, this was this was great. This flew by. I can't believe we've been talking for like forty minutes already. And uh, as soon as you, I know you're you're probably going to have much more illustrious guests in the future. <laughs> but whenever like the whenever the good guests don't answer the phone, just you can call me anytime, bud. That was a blast talking to Chris Hine. I particularly love that he had the same Adrian Peterson draft day story that I was going to bring up. 100%, swear to God, that was not planned. So, so funny and legitimately one of my proudest moments ever. We're also on the same page about how ridiculously stupid the wave is. Just stop it, people. Stop. It is so, so dumb. And I also hate how we rip athletes for not giving us sound bites. And then they give us one and we rip them for that. It's a vicious cycle. Just allow them to have a personality. Jeez. Thank you so much for listening to episode 37 of the H-Dog Pod. Bang. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang.